0: Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. We want to take a moment to share some really cool news. We've been selected as one of the top 10 Houston Dynamo podcasts by Feedspot. It is an absolutely incredible honor, so make sure to check out the full list over at HTTPS colon backslash backslash blog.feedspot.com backslash Houston underscore Dynamo underscore podcasts. Thanks again, Feedspot, and thank you guys for listening and tuning in. Now, here's your show. If you're enjoying the show and find yourself wanting to discuss with us during the week, hit us up on Twitter. At Jen Orange Radio, we try to tweet a few times per day or at least respond to tweets that mention us. You can also follow at Chase Segovia, Mark's Twitter, for the greatest hot takes. And of course, follow me at Sean Ringrose, even though I may be wrong about roughly 25% of the time. Thanks for listening, and as always, enjoy the rest of the show. You know, guys, we are very fortunate to have many good friends in the soccer community, but the one we are most grateful for is Jen Cooper, aka Keeper Notes. Jen is an absolute goldmine of wisdom, experience, and advice. And Mix Zone—that's Mix Zone with two X's—is one of the best women's soccer podcasts running today. Check the podcast out at https: colon backslash backslash bgn.fm backslash category backslash podcasts backslash the hyphen mixed with two x's hyphen zone or just check out the keeper notes twitter at keeper notes hey thanks for listening enjoy the show Hey guys, welcome to Generation Orange. Man, it feels like it's been forever since I've actually had an intro like that. Uh, what is up everybody? It has been quite the off-season and we are currently T-minus two days away from opener, season opener, home opener for your Houston Dynamo FC. Uh, I'm joined this week by Mark. Nice to see you awesomely lovely face mark
1: thank you <laughs> yours too sean it's always great to see you guy
0: i definitely oh, oh i feel you right there man <laughs> notice where the crest is it's over the heart that's important it is it is, it is. Uh, I, I, is I am gonna crest. call out in a positive way how nice that surge uh, kit looks that's uh it's pretty can you stand up and model it because that's pretty fantastic right there man that's that's quality quality work <sighs> A, a supporter group kit. I'm just throwing it out there. Uh, you too can get it on the Surge membership. Go to wearethesurge.com. Not affiliated or sponsored by them in any way, shape, or form. I guess technically affiliated, but not sponsored. Uh, but uh, enough of that, guys. Welcome to Generation Orange. We're trying to get back into a normal swing of things. So 7 p.m. moving forward, at least for the season. As much as is possible, work-allowing and life-allowing. But 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. is the standard time. Sometimes we'll hit that third hour, depending on how things are going. Sometimes a little less. Uh, Please bear with us. Uh, We hope more of you guys join us in chat. It's always fun when you guys are active and popping off in chat. Especially making fun of me or Mark. That always seems to go really well. Uh, Sure. Which, we make it easy for you. That's for darn sure. Um, With that, though, uh, Mark, any, any opening thoughts to... Welcome, everybody, back to kind of the more regular Generation Orange.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, I'm I'm obviously excited. You know, the 2021 season is finally here. You know, I think we kind of can leave everything from the past behind us. Um, you know, obviously, with new season, new beginnings, and we're hoping for a new positive going, especially start to the season. A lot of things at stake early on, obviously, with the season going on so early, you know. Uh, chances to qualify for U.S. Open Cup this season, you know, obviously uh, just chances to accumulate points early, hopefully, you know, so that way we're not so far behind early in the season, things of that nature. So, I mean, uh, yeah, I'm excited, man. I'm excited to see a lot of you guys out there Friday at Pitch pre-gaming, Pitch 25, and then I, obviously afterwards uh, during the march t- to the stadium and then during the game, you know, obviously i be happy to see a lot of you guys out there.
0: For sure, um, I personally will not be going to the opening match. Um, I am uh, in the process of waiting to get my second uh, dose. I got my first dose of the Moderna vaccine this past Thursday. Uh, all is well, uh, but uh, looking to get the second dose of that on May sixth, which means, uh, barring any unforeseen significant complications, uh, I will be getting these. The I will be at the May eighth match, uh, tentatively. <laughs> yeah see how i I I feel two days after
1: yeah i will actually be having my second shot this friday at noon prior to the game starting so you know fingers crossed that you know it doesn't hit me any kind of way anything bad or whatever but if it does hopefully it's the next day or whatever not during the match (laughs) or anything like that because i don't want to be running around you know with the runs or anything like that so hopefully we'll see (laughs) how it goes man you know
0: (laughs) The the sweats you don't want to be running around with them sweats.
1: I don't don't want to have the sweats. You know it's already hot and humid enough in Houston.
0: You know. Oh man, I feel it. I feel it.
1: But at least with, 30, well, with the, I guess if I look at the positive side of the things, you know, with 30% capacity, there'll be a lot more availability for me to be out there, you know, to go handle my business if I need to. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Lim- limited uh, limited attendance definitely help with that. Uh, a shout out to all the uh, individuals who have uh, either purchased uh, tickets or uh, have uh, found their way to getting tickets. Uh, sellout, uh, for the limited capacity, uh, is a pretty big deal, um, for the Dynamo. Uh, you know, it may not look like a sellout because again, limited capacity, but uh sellout is a sellout baby, especially for the home opener. Uh, you know, and it's not a big name team you're going up against at San Jose. Uh, some people think we should have some kind of rivalry with them. I don't feel like there's a rivalry. Um, but, uh, you know, uh. Let's uh, before we dive too deep into the Dynamo. Uh, let's just run through the show order today. Again, we're trying for two hours, so uh, plenty plenty of time to to get in your questions, to get in your thoughts. Uh, George, we anticipate you have plenty of those. Kenny, I know you got thoughts. Uh, but uh, we're gonna talk a little dash. We're gonna talk about the Challenge Cup opener match. Uh, we're gonna talk about uh, Missing Stars. We're gonna talk about the Clarkson effect. Uh, And probably a little deeper than I would normally anticipate going on that one. But that last point, I have a big reason to go a little deep on that. Uh, We're going to talk a little U.S. women's National Team. Uh, Their uh, uh, 2-0 beatdown, I guess you'd say, of the France uh, Women's National Team. Uh, And then uh, the news today uh, of them uh, appealing the equal pay lawsuit decision that came down last year. Uh, We'll talk about that a little bit, a very short little bit. Uh, then we'll talk CCL, a hey, Concacaf Champions League is here. It is it is going on, ongoing, uh, and uh, all the MLS teams that have advanced. Uh, and then finally we'll hit up the Dynamo. We know that's what you're really here for. We understand, uh, <laughs> but uh, we gotta we gotta talk some other things first. But uh, we'll talk Dynamo. We got a uh, Mark's poll question of the day to get through to talk about to discuss, and then of course we want to dive into the same topic we seem to talk about quite a bit: ownership stuff. Uh, there's a few things that. Uh, We want to go over and talk about and then, of course, we're going to leave it open for questions that you guys have related to the Dynamo, uh, especially towards the end of the show. Uh, So if you want to toss them out there now and let us give give us a little time to to prep, that would be great. But hey, if you want to toss them out at 845 and we have 15 minutes left, don't come after me when we don't have time for your question. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Sure, for sure. Uh, So, uh, Mark, let's let's talk. Uh, I I know you watched it because you and I watched it essentially together. Yeah, the Challenge Cup opener uh, coming in as defending champs, zero-zero uh, draw. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your thoughts? I got some of my own, but what are, what are your thoughts?
1: You know, obviously, we you know given the the situation that the del- dash were dealt with, you know, missing key players due to international, you know, break and things of that nature. Um, you know, it, it was a little underwhelming, obviously. You know, because I would think that you know a lot of the girls, especially because you know it gives it gives them an opportunity. To show off their skills, especially those players who, who who would normally not play because you have a Rachel Daly in front of them, a, a Mewis in front of them, and a Jane Campbell in front of them, right, uh, and uh, and other players as well. So you know it was a little bit underwhelming. I know the guy, the, the Dash did score a goal, but it was called off, you know, on offside. You know, it was cl- very close, very close. But you know, but aside from that, you know, it was a it was a pretty it was a pretty boring game to me, man. To be honest, you know, if I'm being real honest, to be frank, and um. Yeah, man, you know, especially when you're playing at home, you would, you, you would want to see um, the girls out there, you know, obviously pushing hard and fighting hard. And like I said, especially drill the caveat on top of the fact that, you know, a lot of these girls are actually getting an opportunity to play first, you know, first team football, soccer that they normally wouldn't because, you know, you would have daily out there or me you know, and things of that nature. Um, you would think there would be a little bit more, you know, more get to their, to their stuff, but um. Um, but, you know, but obviously, you know, it is the first match. So I'm not going to I'm not going to dwell too much into it. You know, we're, they're still trying to get into match fitness. I understand that as well. So, you know, I'm not going to I'm not going to I'm not going to dwell too much into it. Hopefully it's just one of those things that, you know, they're just, you know, first match season Giddies, I guess, or whatever. But that's the way I look. I looked at the match from my perspective.
0: Sure. I, um, I actually talked with uh, somebody earlier today about this. Because uh, I was kind of curious for their thoughts, somebody that whose uh, opinion on this kind of stuff I respect highly. Uh, and I asked, you know, what were your thoughts on the Challenge Cup opener? And, and uh, they kind of aligned with my own thoughts. But uh, the, the general gist is solid defensive performance, uh, which has not always been a hallmark of the dash. Um, and this was against Chicago's starters in their attack. Chicago, we're not missing starters in their attack. Uh, And I think that's key because Chicago had a good attack season last year Uh, and for our defense in midfield to keep them as quiet as they did. And for the rookie uh, getting her first uh, debut in goal uh, in an NWSL sanctioned match uh, in uh, Ashley Harris, I believe was her name. Um, That's a huge deal. And she played phenomenal. Uh, What a backup we have uh, at, at goalkeeper. Uh, to back up Jane Campbell when Jane Campbell has to go out on on uh, international duty for the U.S. Women's National Team, uh, but beyond that, you know, there were comments related to kind of a stagnant, uh, less than stellar midfield performance. That you know, okay, but nothing to, you know, nothing to to really, um, to really point at specifically. Um, you know, in my opinion, watching. Ogle try to play that role that Christy Mewis tends to play a little higher up the pitch. Uh, at many times, many times it felt like she was lost, didn't know who to pass to, didn't know where you know certain players would be. Uh, and you know, Mark, we talked about it repeatedly uh, before halftime, after halftime, the Dash were missing that link piece between kind of the transition between defense and offense to get the ball to the attackers, yeah. uh, and and that person who would slot in when an attacker got the ball up top, and it happened often enough. And then there was nobody anywhere near them for them to, to outlet to to get to to leave the pressure that Chicago were putting on on the, uh, you know, lower in their in their uh, defensive third. Uh, beyond that, uh, you know, it, it made it tough for the attack when your midfield's not joining, uh, as I just said. And then uh, uh, shout out to Stengel, who looked good in this match. Um, she looks she looks like a hoss, man. Uh, looks like she could take anybody on in NWSL and probably run them over. Uh, and I'm hoping to see that at some point. Her and maybe her and Krieger go after each other. No, I'm just kidding. Uh there's plenty of players that I'd love to see her go after unintentionally. Uh but uh with that being said, yeah, I mean it was just uh it was I thought it was a decent performance. Uh and again with as many attacking players as the dash were missing, uh for them to come out and 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 uh, secure the draw uh and still have opportunities on goal, you you'd hope that you know Shea Groom would be able to to, to find a, a way through or, uh, um, or, you know, Veronica Latsko or, or Katie Stengel, you know, any of these three players. Um, and then later, um, God, what was her name? Uh, Oh, I can't think of her name, but, uh, you know, your, your attackers hoping that they, they are able to create something. You felt like there were opportunities, but at the same time, you, you, you understood why the, the attack at times felt very static and very stagnant, um and, and you noted you know it was also the first match uh you know first official match back um you know and uh, you, you definitely felt the missing stars though you felt missing you, you felt the the absence of your Rachel Daly your Christy Mewis your um your Alyssa Chapman although to be frank uh Ali Prisock the way that she played on that left in that left left back position she was shutting down uh O in that first half really well um and uh and did a great job getting forward uh a- along that left side just you know, uh, towards what? towards the end i was just gonna say i think that she was kind of fading a little bit but that you know again she's not that's not her typical position either uh and that's yeah. a good point too george missing missing nichelle prince who can help alleviate some of the pressure on some of those other attackers definitely is a a key a key absence as well, who uh, also is out on Canadian national team duty. Uh, go ahead, Mark.
1: You know, one thing a note that I that you mentioned that, you know, that I wanna shine light on is the fact that, you know, obviously the the back of coalkeeper, you know, Lindsay Harris, the fact that, you know, she did really well on her debut. You know, and that 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 knowing that this season's gonna be a, gonna be a pretty busy season for Campbell. She might not be with the team that much during the season because of uh, international obligations you know with the Olympics and things of that nature coming up so it's good to see that you know that she got her fast first match out the way uh, a clean sheet at that so you know I'm, I'm really I'm really looking forward to seeing her her get better as well you know and you know if we got two good good goalkeepers well one great goalkeeper and another one that's I that can that can you know cover her when she's gone mm-hmm. that's awesome for the, for, the, for the dash so yeah great job to those guys to to look forward to, to look ahead and and understand that Campbell might not be there for them all this, you know, this season a lot. So make sure to have somebody of quality in that backup role.
0: And and it's also important to keep in mind uh, when it comes to Jane Campbell is you don't know because of the U S women's national team allocations. uh, You don't know if she's a player that you're going to have around forever type thing. Um, You know, she can be as dedicated to the dash as she wants and she could want to stay with the dash, uh, but you know U.S. soccer allocation, um, you know, likely eventually is going to come and catch up with the dash. They fought, they have five, uh, six, and you know, they have five allocated national team players across the Canadian and uh, U.S. women's national teams, and uh, that's a that's a high number uh, for any team in the NWSL. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see after this season if they're able to keep Campbell around, and if not, uh, is Harris that that um, that uh, you know, that keeper that, that steps into the role, uh, to become your number one. And I think again, after watching, <laughs> thanks insider, we appreciate that. Uh, you know, if, if she's that one that can step into that role and become that true number one that you're looking for, um, that, that for now at least doesn't have any eye on the U S women's national team, that someone that will stick around, uh, yeah, but, uh, go ahead.
1: And also, you got to keep in mind, you know, with, with, the, with the visibility that these girls are going to have playing for the best women's national team in, in the world, you know, obviously other women leagues that are looking to uh, increase their visibility as well will we'll, we'll go and grab these players. You know, that's why you see like the the other Mewis uh, sister go over to Manchester United or, was it United or City, one of the two. I think uh, she went to City. Okay, yeah, and a couple, and another girl, another one of the girls went to United as well. I think two American girls went to City, and another one, and one went to United. United, Um, you know, and that's why you had like Alex Morgan on loan going to Tottenham and things of that nature. So, I wouldn't be surprised to see a lot of these girls, you know, move abroad as well. I mean, depending on what kind of financial situation they're 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 providing the the players over there uh, across the pond, like they say, Um, but. Yeah, so but it's great to obviously know, make sure you have some an understudy for those players that that, that play really well, you know, and look forward to the future because I mean, you know, obviously we know even though we appreciate the fact that they're they're wearing Dash colors right now, but it's usually you know, you know how this business is, you know, and things of that nature, they can be here today and be gone tomorrow, so.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, speaking of Dash, um and, and I think this comes into play a little bit. I was reading an article uh, actually last Thursday uh, while I was uh, waiting after getting my moderna shot, <laughs> moderna vaccine shot uh, about James Clarkson and kind of his effect on the team uh, and on the dash and 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 how he came in and and got to know the players. But also, you know how he came in and he kind of you know really pushed uh, ownership to kind of change uh, change the approach to the team. You know, prior to Clarkson, it was very much a pet project kind of uh, an approach in terms of, you know, the Kennedy years. It was kind of his, you know, it was kind of more of like, you know, oh, cool. I can kind of run a a women's, you know, or not national, but a a women's team. Uh, You know, it's kind of cool, kind of fun type thing. But it didn't really feel like the club were taking it seriously as an actual women's professional soccer team. Um, and I think, you know, the players, you know, aired that out in, in, in not so, um, you know, not so verbal terms, but in, in various ways, um, and, you know, and you did have a bit of a, but you know, saved. I'm going to come under flack for saying this, but um, let me finish this point and then you can, right. then I'll let you talk about it. Uh, but, you know, there's, um, there was uh, a significantly large kind of almost prima donna drama attitude uh, about certain players that are no longer with the team, but were with the team, um, you know, prior to, uh, Clarkson getting involved and, uh, and and even kind of, you know, when he was involved initially. Uh, and I think, you know, you see the difference when you get those attitudes out of the locker room and you get players that want to be here, want to compete for the crest, want to compete for the city. Uh, and they're willing to, you know, they're willing to put in the effort and the work to make it happen. And and they care, um, it just it makes a world of difference go ahead mark
1: you know i think timing is everything you know and and life and and especially in sports you know and you know the dy- the dynamo the dash you know obviously you had the opportunity with with um, after the world cup you know with the success the women the women's team had had a lot of focus was on women's women's soccer then obviously you know with uh, the appointment of clarkson as 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 coach of so that nature uh moving on with the culture and getting some certain players out like you mentioned earlier and bringing in new players the uh the assurgence of a superstar player and rachel daly somebody who's really marketable uh somebody who can who is really like a fa- face of the franchise uh somebody who wants to be here actually and who plays for the the crest not only for the name on the back but the for the for the for the for the, for the name on the front as well you know uh but it's a great thing, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge, like I said, you know, for all you guys who've watched Generation Orange since I started since I started with the show, prior to that, I wasn't really involved too much with the Dash, you know, or see I, I knew of them obviously, but I wasn't, you know, anything like that. Last season, I was, when the first season I finally started, you know, watching the matches, you know, they won the Challenge Cup and that was great you know, and, and obviously Rachel Daly was one of the players who I really gravitated to because of her play and her style and just the, the way they marketed her as well. Um, and, you know, players like Shay Groom, um, Jane Campbell as well are other players that, that I've gravitated to because of just their presence out there and not only their social media, just uh, their promotions, you know, things of that nature, especially during the celebration of you know, of that Challenge Cup win, you know, seeing how happy, how animated those girls were, you know, and how much fun they seem to be having in part of this culture and this club, you know?
0: Uh, and I want to highlight this too. Uh, George says it's, uh, you know, referring to the Dash is the only really big thing right now the Dynamo have working for them. I mean, they had, the Dash had, a, you know, had 4K, 4,000 people show up while the Dynamo barely broke 1,000 at a final in preseason uh, I think that's a really big point uh, to make, you know, it, it's clear uh, and hopefully, uh, you know, that clarity around, hey, if we throw a winner on the pitch, man, it's amazing what it can do for your butts in the seats in attendance, uh, you know, something we've said for quite a while. Um, but on the flip side of that, too, I mean, you you hinted at the marketing change, Um, you know, marketing players in a very different way from the, the you know, in terms of the dash and and really, like I said, I mean, it, it comes down to very key, very simply, you know, treating the women's team as a professional team and not just a project, not just a, you know, oh, they're here because they're role players, uh, you know, like a charity almost or a cause to get behind it. They're they're not a cause, man. They're they're professional soccer players playing in the best league in the world right now, uh, you know, and 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 frankly, you can't diminish that or demean that by just oh they're role player you know they're or not role players but they're they're um role models for young girls and they're heroes and you know they're a cause to unite behind no they're a team they're they're sports it's it's professional sports and treat them like it and i guarantee you the players are willing to treat you know willing to prove willing to prove that they belong uh and you know again it it from what i understand from talking to various people within the organization and and otherwise James Clarkson had a massive effect on how the team, how the club changed that approach. Uh, you know, a lot of credit goes to, to people like Deanna winner and John Walker for recognizing um, the need to change that, uh, that direction from the marketing standpoint, from a front office standpoint, um, you know, Clarkson in his first season brought in a full time staff, uh, you know, related to the dash and um, you know, that were strictly for the dash that were not shared parts between the two. Uh, between your Dash and Dynamo, and and that had a huge effect on the players. It showed that Clarkson, it showed that ownership, and it showed that the front office were serious uh, about you know about uh about the women's professional side of things. Um, and you look at the the incline, and you know they had a, a trajectory that they were on, and they kept following it. And then the players that he brought in in the off season, um, before last season, just remarkable. Uh, Shea Groom, uh, you know, uh, Katie Naughton, um, you know, the list goes on. I'm just going to reflect on those two specifically. But, I mean, hardworking players that, you know, Christy Mewis, players that, you know, will put in the time and effort to get better uh, if you're willing to invest in them as players. Uh, Shea Groom finally got her opportunity here to become a star. Uh, And I don't think there's any doubt that she is becoming that star it uh, certainly helps having a Rachel Daly, you know, across from her, so to speak. It helps having a Christy Mewis next to her in the lineup. Uh, it helps having a, a, you know, Nichelle Prince on the other side. You know, there's a lot of things that help for sure. But at, at the end of the day, Shea Groom is 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 coming into her own uh, and is absolutely a player that has the talent and the capability to to eventually sniff that U.S. Women's National Team, if even as a sub, uh, has, yeah. definitely has enough to be that. Go ahead, Mark. You know what the difference is between the
1: Dash and the Dynamo right now, aside from the fact that you know one's winning and one's not, is the fact that you know that you have that not only do you have a, a full team of professionals who give you a, who live up to a certain standard, but you also have uh, not one, not two, maybe three or four game changers here to your squad that you know if for whatever reason the team is lacking a little bit that can lift up the team and carry the team you know over the hump and. Obviously, we'll talk about this later on when we get to the Dynamo section of the show, but, you know, that's one of the things that, that was really missing prior to the Clarkson era, you know, that, you know, for whatever reason, yeah, you know, we focused on a certain player because of, you know, who she was associated with or whatever. I mean, just or, come
0: out know, and say it, man. We've been beating around or, that bush or, for way too long. Kaleo, hi. Kaleo, you know, what? You
1: know, whatever, you know, or like, or like you know, or like, you know, the, whole, the, the, Car- the Carly Lloyd era, you know, or or even when they the Brian, Kristen uh, Press the, one
0: day, one day living in a Dash uniform before uh, getting <laughs> traded Press away to Utah. Day,
1: you know. Yeah, and then and then you know I I believe we brought in what's I forgot her name the the girl from I- Ireland the uh, Stephanie Roche the she was a Puskas nominee actually Um, you know that you know those little things like that I mean you know you try to make a bang like that but if you don't have the team or or a foundation to help. That marquee player that you're trying to surround that that marquee player with, then you can't you can't expect the ship to go right. You know, uh, it doesn't matter if you have the captain if you don't have the the, the right boat and right equipment to make to help the captain go. And I think now you know, obviously, like I mentioned, I think with Daly being our face of a franchise and having all the the, the role players, but maybe not even role players, the star players around her, mm-hmm. alongside with her, you know, have having multiple stars lined on this team. It's just showing what kind of what kind of winning culture you can have in Houston. You know, if if you do things right and you scout and you bring in the right players for the situation that you need.
0: Well, and, and it's important to note before Christy Mewis got here, she had had an ACL injury or an MCL injury, and, and nobody knew what she was going to be like when she got back. Shea Groom was a role player for Portland. She was not a, a, a you know not a starter fi- uh, figure for them. Um, you know, Alyssa Chapman was, was, you know, definitely not a, 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 you know, a big time player. Uh, Jane Campbell was always here so that you can't really question that one, but, uh, you know, Sophie Schmidt was not a, you know, was not a breaker at, at defensive mid. I mean, you know, the list goes on. These players were not players that were necessarily high end players for their teams, but the difference was you bought in, you brought in players that did two things. One, they bought into what you were doing wholesale. And two, you treated them like professionals and said, This is your opportunity. We're gonna team you with these players, go out and prove you belong. And to a to a to a woman, every one of them has done that in some way, shape, or form. And they bought into the next woman up when somebody went down with an injury, it was somebody else stepping into that role. And, and, I, and I- go ahead.
1: And I'll add a third. And I'll add a third to that, man. You know, it, it, you, you mentioned all those all those women right now. You know, you gave them the opportunity, basically the keys to to control their own destiny and their own professional careers. You know, uh, yeah. they might have they might have been backups in their prior club or or rotation players in their prior club, but you, we told them, hey, we, you come over here. You got the keys to you know to being the starting eleven. Uh, do, do do you work with us the right way? You follow our or whatever we're trying to accomplish here, then you can go a long way. And they've obviously bought in, and they and you see the success that they're having now, you know. And these are players that clubs were willing to get rid of for whatever reason. But these girls, these girls came in hungry, wanting more, and they're and they're showing that. That's what you want in players. You yeah, want, and, you want players who are hungry.
0: And I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Megan Oyster in that as well. Uh, and That's again, right. Katie Naughton as well. I mean, you, you know, you, you upgraded your center backs and you really didn't trade much for them. I mean, you know, you might say you traded a lot in getting rid of Ohio, but what you got back, in my opinion, was superior to what you traded away. Uh, we, the other thing that they brought in. Hey, as, you Sean, know,
1: Sean, before we go, you go on to that, since you mentioned Ohio. Um, you know, you can see it from you can see it from the other standpoint, you know, from the Chicago Red Stars, you know, on that match. Um you see how sometimes she takes in this she's a little bit too selfish in certain mm-hmm. plays where she instead of her just shooting that shot she could have made the extra pass and it would have been an easier goal easier goal for whoever else was up there on top with her and there was i think two instances of that in that match that she really could have helped win the game for the red stars against the dash but she didn't do it so
0: yeah. Um I, I actually wanted to talk about something real quick tied to that. What you brought in, uh, you didn't bring in stars. Um, you know, you keep alluding to that or you keep saying that, you know, oh, you know, you've got four or five stars that you, you know, put around daily. No, they didn't put stars around daily. What they did was they brought in players that that were willing to be hard workers willing to play for the team and not selfish players. You're Shea Groom, one of the most unselfish players I have seen on the pitch. One of the most beautiful crosses you will ever see into the box. Uh, I don't even remember who it was that got on the end of it. Uh, You know, and of course, she still got the winner uh, in the Challenge Cup final. But I mean, there were just so many examples where Shea Groom was an uh, you know, was an unselfish player, Christy Mewis, unselfish player, Rachel Daly, unselfish player, Nichelle Prince, unselfish player, Sophie Smith, unselfish player. The list goes on and on and on. You have players playing for each other and playing for the team. I will say it now and I will defend this to my death. If you get 11 players or 18 players or 23 players like that, they will beat out a superstar talent player every time if they're playing for each other and playing for the crest, even if they're mediocre players from the general term of it, it makes such a difference because that one player, you stick three defenders on them. They're not getting out of it unless they're messy. And even then that's a little crazy, but you know, it's still one of those situations where I'll take 11 players that are willing to play for each other. And then I will a superstar specifically. Do I want a superstar for the dynamo? Absolutely. But the dash have proven you don't need a superstar if you bring in the right 20, you know, the right <laughs> Damn, when I said 20, because I saw George's comment, you have to bring in the right players to fill the roles that they need to fill. And you have to bring in players that are willing to fill those roles. And, and when you have that, a superstar will emerge out of them. And that's what's happened. Exactly. We, yes. We,
1: we, we've not only had Rachel Daly, Jane Campbell, but now we have Shea Groom, we have um, uh, Mega Oyster, we have, you know, Prince. You know, all these girls, you know, even though we're just naming them off because they're they're they're, they're starters in the team. But they've all of them have had their moment, you mm-hmm. know, have had a really good moment, not only in the Challenge Cup uh, tournament last season, but during the whole time last season, they've all had their moments. They've all scored uh, pivotal, pivotal goals that needed to be scored or made the, the assist that needed to be made to to help the team win. So, I mean, they're all stars in my eyes.
0: Absolutely. Yes, they are now uh, completely agreed with you. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt. You know, you look at the effect after the Challenge Cup and after they proved it, uh, you know, and, and I kind of chuckled at the article because it talked about, you know, James Clarkson and the players kind of feel like they still don't have the respect that they're owed winning the Challenge Cup. Oh, it was a Challenge Cup. Oh, Orlando wasn't there. Uh, you know, it was uh, it was down a lot of your you know stars, you know, weren't playing as well. You know, they didn't have a lot of prep time, whatever it is, there's a lot of excuses being thrown around. Uh, you know, but I thought that they proved it in the, in the pod, you know, after the fact, when they had their little, you know, the little air quote, regular season, I don't even know what you'd call that. You know, they proved it there too. I mean, they didn't win, but you know, or they didn't win the pod, but they certainly did prove that they were good enough. Uh, and you know, I just, I, I think it's important we give them the do. And I, you know, I've mentioned that multiple times too, that, you know, they've proven it and us as fans, whether you're a fan of the dash or just a fan of women's soccer, if you've landed here for any reason, we support the Houston Dash. And we support the ladies of the Houston Dash. Uh, we support the front office, uh, etc. Hey, Jake, you just missed 30 minutes of really good Dash conversation. I mean, this might be the best Dash conversation we've had. Uh, shout out to Jake, by the way, who was out there waving that massive, uh, massive Bayou City Republic uh, flag uh, for... Uh, Okay. uh yeah bcr flag uh at the dash opener uh that sure. was crazy crazy watching you do that uh but uh enough on <laughs> i hate to do it man your timing is just literally perfect 30 minutes uh, I... on
1: the dash man it's not bad that's a new record for
0: us man i mean 25 minutes we had a you know not even a five minute intro i guess really it was like two minute intro but yeah about 20 27 minutes on the dash uh almost 30 actually yeah we were right there uh, so yeah, enough about the dash. Let's talk U.S. women's national team. Uh, you know, we talked about Christy Mewis and feeling that loss of Christy Mewis and, and the loss of Jane Campbell a little bit. I think less Jane Campbell because Harris played so well in her stead. Uh, but, uh, definitely feeling the loss of Christy Mewis. Uh, and of course the other attackers that are out, Rachel Daly, Nichelle Prince, uh, even Sophie Schmidt, I think a little bit too. Yeah, I blame myself for that. Probably. I need to update that. Uh, it's kind of my fault, Jake, sorry You can watch it back on VOD after the fact, it'll be up uh, yeah, But they played, uh, the U.S. women's national team played last night against, or uh, Yesterday against France, uh, women's national team And they uh, throttled them a little bit, 2-0 uh, Christy Mewis has absolutely come into her own for the U.S. women's national team She's proving to be a star, uh, you know, both here in NWSL for the Houston Dash And now for the U.S. women's national team alongside her sister, Sam Mewis uh, it's incredible to see the two of them playing so well together. I'm sure that has to be an unparalleled uh, level of just fun getting to play with your sibling on the you know na- on your own national team uh, and playing well. Um, but uh, you know, uh, to me, it felt like France you know just were never really in that match. Uh, I am kind of frankly surprised it only ended two 0 uh, I felt like maybe the U.S. Women's National Team came out a little bit sluggish, a little slow. Uh, besides that, though, there's one other thing I want to talk about U.S. Women's National Team related before we dive into CCL. I know Mark is chomping at the bit for that one. <laughs> uh, today, or yesterday, uh, it was announced that the uh, U.S. Women's National Team players uh, have uh, have appealed the decision uh, against their lawsuit for equal pay... Uh, from last year, um, just some some facts and figures for you. Uh, basically, the way that the this works, they appeal from the lower court or they appeal to the higher court in relation to the decision by the lower court. This is normal. This is the process. Uh, the estimation is that arguments in the civil appeals case will be scheduled twelve to twenty months from the notice of appeal and nine to twelve months after written briefs have been completed. Uh, re- written briefs are expected sometime around July twenty third. Uh, for the players, uh, and the uh, U.S. Soccer Federation expects their brief, uh, or is expected to have their brief uh, finished and turned in by August twenty-third, so basically a month later. Uh, and then the players haven't have an opportunity to supply an optional reply brief that is due twenty-one days after U.S. Soccer Federation, or U.S. Yeah, U.S. Soccer Federation drops their uh, their brief uh and uh basically it's just tied to that that lawsuit back in March of 2019 i guess 2 years ago technically now uh contending that they have not been paid equitably under their CBA that runs through December 2021 compared basically to what the men's national team receives under its agreement that expired in December 2018 the women asked for more than 66 million dollars in damages under the equal pay act and title 7 of the civil rights act of 1964 uh, Klossner, who was the judge at the time of the lower, lower court that they initially, uh, submitted this to, uh, the suit to throughout the pay claim last May, he ruled that the, that w- ruled the women rejected a pay to play structure similar to the one in the men's agreement and accepted greater base salaries and benefits than the men through NWSL's, uh, agreements with the U.S. Soccer Federation, uh, the men who failed to qualify for the 2018 World Cup. Uh, The sides reached a settlement on December 1st on working condition claims that Klossner approved on Monday. The deal calls for chartered flights, hotel accommodations, venue selection, and professional staff support equitable to that of the men's team. The U.S. Soccer Federation says it pays equally for matches it controls, but not for tournaments organized by soccer's world-governing body, which we know as FIFA. FIFA awarded $400 million in prize money for the 32 teams at the 2018 Men's World Cup, including $38 million in champion, to champion France. It <laughs> awarded $30 million to the 24 teams at the 2019 Women's World Cup, including $4 million to the U.S. after the Americans won their second straight title. FIFA has increased the total to $440 million for the 2022 men's world cup and its president Gianni Infantino has proposed FIFA double the women's prize money to 60 million for the 2023 women's world cup where FIFA has increased the teams to 32. Uh yeah, I mean a lot of a lot of talk here there's still a lot to wade through. Uh basically it just comes down to hey, we want to be paid like the men are paid, are paid, you know, based on their own Men are paid based on their performances, basically. Did you fall asleep, Mark? No, 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 no. no, no. I need to get you you some uh, caffeine going. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But uh, this is important because there's two things at play here. Number one, part of the reason the U.S. Women's National Team is paid differently is because they are structured differently in that, unlike (laughs) the men who are paid by their clubs, the U.S. Women's National Team players are paid by the U.S. Soccer Federation. So it's a little bit different in that regards because uh, that also gives the U.S. Women's, na- women's national team the right to call up players and basically tell teams in the NWSL, we're taking your players. When it comes to the men in the, U- in the U.S. men's national team and their club teams in MLS, the club team has the right to reject that call up, if they so choose, as does the player. It doesn't happen as often as it probably should, but it does happen. And it is also why, if you notice, the U.S. men's national team have basically two different teams that trot out at different times of the year. When the U.S. men's national team players, uh, the starters, their true starters, are playing in Europe, most of them, uh, and they're in the middle of their seasons, they don't typically come back to play international friendlies or international competitions. It's usually the MLS players that get called up. Whereas the inverse is true when those players are available in their off-season months uh, or during international breaks that fit their their leagues that they play in overseas. So it's a little bit different. Now, if that were to happen, or if that is to happen, it's going to require a change by NWSL. It's going to require a change in how they, the play, players for the national teams, women's national teams, are paid. No longer are they going to be able to be paid directly by U.S. Soccer, which is good in my opinion, they're going to be paid by their clubs. It's going to put the onus on the clubs to afford it. What's going to have to happen, if that happens, is the U.S. Soccer Federation is going to have to supplement those salaries by providing a pool of money to NWSL, which is then pooled out to the individual teams to pay the players according to what they believe they deserve to be paid. The advantage to this is instead of them going overseas so that they could make more money, teams and clubs will be able to better compensate the U.S. women's national team players based upon what they deserve to be paid, not what U.S. soccer deems that they are deserved to be paid. And all of that is off the top of my head, except for when I was reading the article and turned to my left, just so you know.
1: No, and you bring Woo. that up. as something that I mentioned earlier when we were talking about the Dash players, you know, obviously, especially the the national team players, that with women's soccer uh, emerging all over the world, you know, especially like in, in England and Spain, obviously, and in, and Mexico as well, you know these women are going to have other other options, you know, and and if those clubs across the pond, like I mentioned earlier, are shelling out the cash for these players, and who doesn't want a United States that women's national team player? You know, they're 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 the number one national team in the world. It's like you know who wouldn't want a player from from the French French men's national team player team pool, right? They're they're the number one team in the world. Um, you you gotta look at it, you gotta look at it from that, from that standpoint. So. I be so. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, clubs like last season, like how Manchester United, Manchester City went out and got you know American players. I wouldn't be surprised to see more of that because you're having winners join your club, and and there and there'll be great pieces to lay down for the foundation of your your club. You know, especially for these leagues rebooting or 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 trying to get more eyes to their women league specifically.
0: For sure. And, and it's interesting, too, because we are seeing a, a significant bump uh, even in England and the F.A. WSL over there. Uh, they just had uh, a number of their matches. I think all of their matches are now streaming are now available on Sky Sports <laughs> over mm-hmm. there. Uh, and that's a huge, huge deal for them. Uh, it really is. So George asked, so is this like uh, or so is playing for the U.S. Women's National Team like when you go for jury duty and you get a two dollar check? Uh, look, they're, they're decently compensated for their time with the national team. The problem is, though, and the reason that they're, they're in the middle of this lawsuit is it does affect how much they can make with their club team specifically. They don't have the capability unless they go overseas, not with NWSL. They can't get compensated for their time playing in the NWSL. Uh, they are compensated a small amount, but it's not equitable to what they would get overseas playing for a Chelsea or a Lyon or... Um, or a Man United or a Man City. That's why so many of those top level players go overseas, uh, even on loan, because they know they're going to make significantly more money over there than they will here.
1: You know, and it's and it's and it's one. It's a good thing that you mentioned the fact that you know that the, the women's league in England is getting a lot more uh, uh, exposure, TV, exposure TV time because you know I watched a couple of West Ham games because Rachel Daly was on there. You know, while she was on her time on loan, you know, and uh, and NBC Sports. Uh, so they they pass the women's league sometimes you know they'll they'll pass like a game of the week or whatever you know things of that nature so it's good to see for that aspect of as far as in general as the women's league and the and the women's sport growing overall but obviously when we when we take it locally and and, and mainly nationally here with the NWSL we want them to grow <clears throat> excuse me we want them to grow and be the best league in the in the world for women you know if we're gonna have the best women's national team why can't we have the best league in the world for women as well so
0: i'm typing keep going
1: oh sorry sean so yeah so i mean you know just just to just to go based off what uh, uh jake is saying on the chat you know wsl is killing it you know with big time player sign it's like it's you know we, like we mentioned uh, the the Americans going to the Manchester clubs, uh, like Sam Kerr going to Chelsea, one of the big stars from the from the previous World Cup and, and Olympic matches. You know, um, these a lot these big players that you that you see notably, you know, in, in World Cup stages, Olympic stages. You know, where do you want to go? You know, obviously the lore of a name like Manchester United or Arsenal or Manchester City is always is always you know bright a Barcelona or whatever. You know, but what can you do to lower those players? Or, like, I mean, we arguably have the best player of all time in the women's soccer and, and Mata playing in Orlando. You know, why, 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 what convinced her to come over? You know, we need, we need more of that. We need more of that. We don't need them to go and to England or Spain or France, you know, to go play over there. We need them to come to America and we need to make Americans, uh, we need to make uh, the women's soccer league in America the, the go to place.
0: For sure. Absolutely. Um, and, 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 you know, it's look there, there's feeder from women's soccer into men's soccer and vice versa. Uh, I think, you know, the, the dynamo and and dash have finally figured it out. Houston dynamo FC, if you will, uh, in that you have to, you have to market both teams equitably. You have to market both players sets of players equitably. You have to, you have to treat them like a, you know, treat the, the combination as a club and, and, and understand that you are one team, and you are supporting each other, regardless of the fact that you play in different leagues, and you know, and you're you're you know what you know your different genders, I suppose, but you're still one club, you're still one team, uh, and you're still united. And I, I, you know, I've talked about that before. You know, the difference in 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 the kit release this year versus last year, uh, it was just so refreshing to see the unity in the kit release. Uh, you know, everybody being together. Uh, Dash and Dynamo kits being released at the same time for their their primary kits, uh, seeing the unity between the coloring, um, seeing the unity in kind of the style, um, you know, being as close as it can be, being two different brands that have, uh, you know, that that make the the kits, Nike and and uh, Adidas, uh, but it was just so good to see that kind of unity there, and the more I think we see that, the more soccer continues to grow in the U.S., and that's only good. Uh, for everybody, but talking about soccer growing in the U.S., what a perfect segue! Let's talk CCL. Let's talk about MLS teams advancing in CCL. So, Mark, you were talking earlier, you said, uh, you said every MLS team at this point has advanced in CCL yeah. play.
1: I mean, obviously, you know, yesterday Atlanta, uh, one day advanced, uh, Philadelphia, I think, uh, advanced, uh, Portland, they advanced, obviously. Um, Toronto beat Leon two to one today to advance to the next round Columbus crew have a 4-0 advantage and they're playing at home today so I'm just going to call it and I'm gonna say that they advance too you know but if you know <laughs> with all, with all this without no disrespect to the other club that they're facing if they do pull the comeback then and you know hats off to those guys but I'm gonna call it I think Columbus advances as well so uh, it's great to see obviously for the for the MLS side obviously because we're still in preseason mode. And I mentioned the Toronto leon game, and you know Leon is obviously a Liga MX team, and um, and they're in the in the midst of their season, and for them to lose to Toronto the way they did, I mean it's uh it's great to see for the for MLS standards as well. Um, I, we'll see the next round. Obviously, we'll have a lot more uh, MLS versus Liga MX in the next round, uh, and that's when it starts getting nitty gritty, and hopefully. Hopefully this time around we get more than just one club advanced to the semifinals and then on to the finals, right? It'd be, it would be nice to see it all MLS final and the CCL So that way we guarantee finally an MLS club lifting up the CCL trophy, right? Um, but I, and I think we have a uh, great great clubs going into it. you know obviously Columbus crew the way they just demolished uh, the team that they're going against four to0 they they they're, they're on they're in championship form. You Know it's one of those things where you win your league title now, you want to go for bigger things, you want to go for an international title. And, um, I think that they have the they have a great balance all over the club. Um, they have a, a, a I'm not gonna say great forward, they have a really, really good forward in Zardis. They have a great midfield, that's what they do have, and they have a you know, really good defense and, and a good goalkeeper. Um, they and have it's
0: a, like, It's the perfect format and perfect style of play for a player like Lucas Zellerion uh, and Pedro Santos and some of the other, Artur and some of the other guys that they have that are their starters, man. Uh, Columbus is built for this and, and uh, it it is going to be interesting to see how far they can go. But with that being said, I kind of agree with Kenny here. If the crew choke, he's going to point all angry crew fans directly in Mark's direction.
1: Well, good thing Columbus and Houston are miles away a lot of miles away. So, but, uh but yeah, man, I, I mean, I, I I think it's great for MLS to be dominating the, the way they are in this opening group stage of DCL. It's just, you know, like I said, once we start going deeper into the competition where we start to falter, hopefully this season is a little bit different and we start seeing more uh, MLS clubs uh, move on to the semis and obviously to the final. Um But yeah, man, I'm, I'm excited for them. I'm, you know, obviously um the dream would be to see the Dynamo back in the situation again here pretty soon. Hopefully, um, we'll see what happens with that. But you know, obviously, for the fact that MLS hasn't won a, a CCL in, in this format the way it is now, ever, um, it's going to be good to see once an MLS team finally achieves that goal and they represent Concacaf in the Club World Cup.
0: Uh, absolutely. Uh, that, that's all I really care to talk about CCL. Uh, it's still too early in the competition for me to really get into it. Uh, too, too terribly much, but, uh, I'll definitely be watching. So we'll see. But, uh, with that being said, real quick, before we transition into Houston Dynamo discussion, uh, guys and, and Mark doesn't know this yet. I've actually saved this it has been in my inbox now for like almost a month. Uh, cause we haven't had an actual show in about a month. Uh guys, we were named one of the top ten Houston Dynamo podcasts on Feedspot. Uh, that that hits me right there, bro. Like seriously, that that is that is insane uh, for me to be able to see. Uh, guys, that that is an incredible honor for us. Obviously, uh, you know, we were part of their uh, top fifteen uh, U.S. Women's National Team podcast. Now we're part of their top ten Dynamo podcasts. Uh, if you could do us a favor, go over and check out the uh, list at https: colon backslash backslash blog. feedspot. com backslash <laughs> houston underscore dynamo underscore podcasts. I'm, I'm, sure chat, I'm sure I'll tweet it out. Also at some point uh, on Twitter, but uh, huge shout out to Feedspot for that. Huge shout out to a new a new uh for the uh, for the shout out on there as well, uh, guys. That's an incredible honor. Seriously, we're we're you know, blessed beyond measure to even be able to say that and be on the air. Uh, but that's really cool. Uh and I've been holding it <laughs> mark for like a full month, man. It has been it has been killer waiting this long to share that. But uh guys, also a shout out while we're while we're giving some shout outs to podcasts. Uh huge shout out to Dynamo Insider. Huge shout out to uh Quattro Quattro Dose. Huge shout out to the new Noodle Time podcast. Man, the 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 peel there are podcasts popping up left and right to cover Dynamo, to cover Dash. Uh, there's another one. I can't remember. It's got Haley Schneider in it, and I can't remember who the other co-host is on that one. But uh, then you got the ones for uh, the Striker Texas. Man, there is coverage right now. Look, the Chronicle may not be covering the team. Our news stations here may not be covering it as much as we'd want. But the fact is fans are stepping up. Uh, media that are independent media sources are stepping up. The teams are getting coverage. We just may have to do a little bit of legwork to support them. Uh, if you get an opportunity to support one of those podcasts, huge shout out to Harry again for the sub from last month and the month before. Definitely appreciate that. That's what it is. Dash, actually, Jake, I knew you'd come in strong with that one. Oh, man. Uh, what just happened there, uh, George? We need to have a talk, my friend. 34 messages deleted. Holy cow, bro. What did you do? Uh, it's Dash, actually, with Haley Schneider and Charles Olney. Uh, good, George is back. I was kind of worried. Oh, he had a lot of emotes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You got too
0: hype. Uh, We might have to, uh, we might have to turn off the uh, spamming emotes one, but uh, yeah, seriously, huge honor. Uh, And, and, you know, we do support uh, any podcasts that are out there that cover the dynamo or the dash or soccer uh, here in Houston. That's right. Jen Cooper has keeper notes. I actually helped do the audio production for that. I'm her producer. If you listen till the very end of the podcast, she will always give a shout out to uh, Jen Orange. We are a huge supporter of Jen Cooper's uh, Keeper Notes uh, slash Mixed Zone podcast, uh, which I have a running promo by the way in our podcast specifically for her podcast uh, because of all the uh, it's two X's by the way, uh, Jake. Don't forget M I X X E D Zone. Um, but uh, just really, guys, huge shout out to all all of you that have stepped up and all the all the podcasts out there that have stepped up and shows that have come out of nowhere. Uh, it's been incredible to watch this community grow. Uh, and there's a lot of things in the works to continue to grow it. I know that uh, there's some work being done on the side. Oh, also, huge shout out to our own Mark Segovia. He's got a La Liga podcast. You guys got to check this thing out. It is incredible. I love your co host, by the way. Yeah, He's amazing.
1: I appreciate it, man. Yeah, for for those you know, who don't know, I, I'm doing something on the side with a couple of friends that I grew up with, man. Uh, and uh, we're talking more global soccer on that podcast, La Banca Podcast on YouTube. Uh, give us a follow, YouTube youtube.com slash seed slash La Podcast. I'll send out the link in, uh, on the Jen Orange account and on my account personally. But yeah, guys, I appreciate it if you subscribe and follow us. You know, we're on, we try to be on every Tuesday. But yeah, man, global soccer, obviously, we know soccer is year-round uh i appreciate the the support and love on that um but and and, and we do both a spanish show and english show thank you george I forgot yeah back to, back to
0: back like crazy hooligans man what are you crazy <laughs>
1: <laughs> Woo! yeah back to back man so you know we try to appease uh both sides of our nationalities especially for mine but hey yeah, guys but yeah for sure i just want to piggyback off what is saying man you know shout out to all the dynamo dash podcasts that are out there uh you know I know a lot of guys be like, hey, you know, well, that's your competition. Like, nah, man, this is all love. We're all supporters of the dynamo and dash. We're all fans. We do this for a reason. I mean, like I said, I, I haven't got a cent from the dynamo or dash, you know, and it's just, just for I'm the still fun waiting of- on
0: that check. It's been 17 <laughs> you know, years, it feels like and I'm still waiting on that know, damn check.
1: And it, it's it's just it's just for the for the love of the of the of the of the team of the club. And, you know, obviously we have a lot of people out there who feel the same. That's why you come over here and join us every Wednesday on Twitch and YouTube prior to that and every other platform that we're on. Um, so, you know, guys, we'll keep doing it if you're, if you're if you're if you're still out here with us, you know. So, you know, the obviously the more support that you give us, the more time, you know, the more likely we'll keep going. And and hopefully we can grow this thing to something amazing and and keep it going from for, for many years to come.
0: You know, it's it's it's. Uh... It's it's really uh, it's a uh, it's a labor of love I and mean, there's a lot of time and effort that goes into this show uh, each week and and look Mark and I put in the time a little bit but really we got to give a huge shout out and I know it's like the middle of the show so it's a little weird for us to do this right now but why not uh, Nestor, uh, absolutely the dude puts in the time and the effort uh, especially early on uh, just so much work. Uh, goes in each week to make sure that uh, our camera feeds make us look this good, yeah. uh, and also that the uh, feed is good. Uh, you know, he works on getting the audio uh, extracted out so it can go up on Anchor We've been running Rocket League for a few weeks while uh, Mark's been a little tied up with work uh, due to the Astros opening se- uh, opening games and uh, everything else that's just been going on. I think the last one was what? That was uh, St. Patty's Day. Uh, big, big beer days, basically big alcohol yep. days. Uh, but, uh, you know, look, we're, we're back. Uh, and so, uh, guys just, uh, uh, you know, make sure you tune in each week. We do appreciate it, but, uh, we're not done. Uh, we just wanted a nice segue into our eight o'clock hour. <laughs> we're only doing 30 minutes, but that's okay. Maybe 45 depends on hey, what you guys talk.
1: Yeah, we'll see. We'll see.
0: Uh, with that being know. said, uh, with that being said, real quick, shout out to all you guys who also tune in each week, George, Jake, Dynamo Insider, Sergio, Kenny, uh, the list goes on and on. Those are just the guys that I've seen. Uh, Jeff as well. I can't forget Jeff. Uh, uh, but, Harry, uh San Antonio. Oh, Harry and San Antonio for sure. No doubt about that one. Uh, and all the other guys that jump in, trust me, I, I, I don't forget about you. Uh, I know Terrence is one of those guys. Uh, we don't forget about you. It's just hard to remember everybody. Cause there's so many of you guys, but, uh, you know, parts unknown too. Uh, we really, really appreciate you guys tuning each week. Just make sure you do us a favor and follow us or like us on, <laughs> <laughs> george, uh, like george like like and follow us on uh on twitch like and follow us on anchor.fm and uh if you have the the capability you have the the financial stability to do it we'd appreciate a sub uh on twitch when you can or hey if you got the you got the finances go ahead and give a gift sub to somebody else i'm sure they'd appreciate it too we don't have anything special for our subscribers right now but i guarantee you at some point we'll figure out something uh sure but well. uh but for now just thanks for tuning in guys we appreciate it on to Dynamo. So Dynamo, you had uh, you you posted something up today about Houston Dynamo. You had a good question. I like this question.
1: Yeah, actually, I, w- I wish I would have posted it earlier, man. I just, I just, you know, I was trying to get out in time, make sure because I didn't want to miss the show before the season started. So I want to make sure that I was here, ready, prepared to go and. You know, obviously, a lot of guys are excited on the chat that finally this Friday we're going to start with the Dynamo. But you know, um, there was a tweet that came out on my time feed. You know, I think it was Eddie Robinson and and Glenn Davis. They were talking about something on their show, and I didn't get to catch the show or anything like that, so I'm not too sure what they were mentioning about. But the but the question was basically, you know, um, what do you, what what are your thoughts on the club? You know, what do you think the club is going to do? You know, so and uh, to which I I asked, I'm like, I think the club is fine, but my concern was, uh, but who's our game changer? Who's that person who's going to drag the team when the team isn't up for it at that at, for that at, at, for that match? Who's gonna Who's the player who's going to turn uh, a loss into a tie or a tie into a win? Who's that player? So I said, you know what? That's a great question. I can ask these guys, and maybe they 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 can you know tell me who who they think if that person if that player is currently on the squad and so the question obviously that i posted to everybody was first game of 2021 is friday my question to you guys is who is our game changer the guy who's going to turn a loss into a tie or a tie into a win and the options i put up there was moxie alpha arwin Kintero, or d not on the team currently uh obviously you know i know i only gave the the the, the public only two hours to uh to vote you know not really much reply so you know but i was i was a little bit surprised on the number of votes that we got so you know luckily you know i know it's not going to give us a a full detail of what people are thinking but kind of out in the ballpark but with 48 percent of the votes arwin cantero is our game changer and second place out on our team currently and running out third and fourth is fafa and moxie uh sean man let me ask that question to you man um who do, you, do you think we have a game changer currently to go into this season that can, you know, help us, you know, in case we do get off to a slow start? Or is it somebody that we're going to have to get in the summer transfer window, hopefully, if the money and funds are available for the club?
0: Uh, I'm going to go with a, a dark horse candidate here. So it, it is okay. somebody on Let's the squad currently that's just not on that list. Uh, it is actually going to be Tyler Pasher. And here's why. Uh, this kid, a little Canadian. Hey, you get a redhead on the team, man. Ever since Andre Hano, we've been waiting for that Canadian redhead. (laughs) He's going to, he's going to carry us all the way to MLS cup. I'm just telling you right now, it's going to have to watch all the respect for the redhead Canadians. Uh, but no, seriously, there is just something about this kid, the grit, the determination he plays with. Look, his his service into the box on those set pieces, uh, on uh, Saturday, it wasn't the best. I'm not going to argue that whatsoever. Uh, but uh, on the flip side of it, he's a kid that has plenty of potential, plenty of upside, uh, and he's one of those players that I think a lot of teams are going to take lightly, which gives him an opportunity to go out there and prove it, right? And I think he's proving in preseason that he deserves a starting spot, and look, if he's going to take a starting spot from a Fafa Pico or from a Darwin Quintero, then you got to give the guy his credit. I mean, you got to give the guy an opportunity. And... You know, I I feel he he plays that position where, you know, he's not going to be Albert the least. Don't get me wrong, but I think he's going to have an opportunity. Whoever's on that left side, who's whoever is that starter at at striker, if it's a Rudy, then so be it. But he's going to be that type of player that that can create opportunities for a Rudy. I would not be surprised if he ends up with, you know, five, six, seven assists on the season and somewhere between five and ten goals in the season. You know, Uh, and go ahead.
1: Uh, so on the a tweet that I responded b- to Eddie Robinson, somebody subtweeted me on this one and commented on my comment, uh, and they and they pointed out to Memo Rodriguez, to which I uh, I, I I replied back and I say, look, man, I'm I'm a big fan of Memo as, as much as the the next you know Dynamo supporter or fan, you know, and obviously you know with his ties to Houston and being a homegrown all that great stuff, it I would be awesome if he was the the game changer that 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 you know that we need or whatever. But I told him, you know, first and foremost, I need to see more consistency from him. You know, obviously injuries have plagued some of his seasons. Um, you know, he has a stretch of games where he's on fire. He's scoring goals left and right. But then he goes a, 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 a numerous num- number of weeks without doing anything, you know, and I need to see consistency from him. You know, it's, there should be no reason why Mammal shouldn't be a, a 10 goal, 10 assist player year in, year out, you know, especially in, in the In the position that he's playing under uh, and tab system you know he's he's been given the freedom to shoot you know when he needs to and and he's that that midfielder where the transition from defense to offense runs through him so he has plenty of opportunities to to pass the ball to whoever the top three are you know he also has the opportunity to shoot from outside the box or to dribble into the box and, and create a shot for himself so there should be no reason why Memo shouldn't be a ten goal, ten assist player for us year in and year out, and you know, and if he can, and if he can manage that, and then take his game to a whole nother level and be a game changer after that, I'm all for it. Trust me, I'm all for it. You know, I want to see that kid succeed, especially because of the ties that he has here locally. Um, but you know, me, I, I, I voted on this question, and I, and I said myself right now. That the 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 player is currently not on the, on the roster, um, you know. Um, obviously, all, all the players that are on the roster currently, we've seen them. You know, we've seen them all play, play whether we've been with the Dynamo or with previous clubs. You know, in MLS or other around the world or whatever. And I think it's one of those things where, yeah, I think we have a great. Well, not, I don't say great players but we have you know uh, fairly good players you know above average players uh compared to mls standards i think we have a really uh nice set of group of guys but like what i mentioned earlier but but the dash you know yeah we have a a great balance of good players but who's taking us over the hump who's taking us over the 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 roadblock of you know if we're not having a good game um, so hopefully, you know, like I said, that player comes in during the summer or hopefully somebody steps up, you know, somebody steps up. I would really love to see somebody step up, you know, and take and take the bull, take the bull by the horns and, and take that leadership role of scoring the goals, providing the assist. Um, Darwin Cantero, obviously we know what he did last season. He was our top goal scorer and he was top five in MLS and assist, uh, which is great. Uh, and that's and that's having a, a down year for Marok uh, from Minotas and having a lease for only five six games. Oh, so with having players with having players who are going to be here hopefully the whole season as far as like Lassiter and and Fafa and Christian and Moxie and Pasher like you mentioned earlier. You know I think that just gives more more uh, ammo to Darwin to be able to provide assists those players and hopefully you know for them to score the goals and obviously we know what he can do he can score goals on his on his own as well so um we'll see man i'm, I'm excited for the season like i said it's a beginning it's a fresh start and you know until until that boss kick we all can just assume and 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 whether some people want to lean negatively or lean positively towards dynamo depending on what they've done in the offseason and what the experts are saying out there um, you know We'll see. At the end of the day, it's all going to be determined on the pitch and what the dynamo actually do, and how ready Tab has his guys to go to war for NSM of the season.
0: Yeah, I agree. You know, we were talking about earlier when it came uh, to the Dash discussion, talking about having 11 players on the pitch and 18 players, you know, how many ever players you want to have total on the bench as well. Uh, buying into your system, buying in what you're trying to do, playing for each other, playing for the badge, playing for the club, playing for the fans. Uh, look, if you have players that are out there and they're playing for themselves, uh, that rarely works out well. Uh humorously George that was also my guy Uh, but uh, I'm not the only one that said Tyler Patrick kind of catches me off guard Uh, but I I just uh, you know I feel like there's enough players on this team that are not um, that that are very much they're not they're unselfish players you know they're out there willing to play for each other and you have leadership on the team with Tim Parker you have leadership on the team with uh, Joe Corona you have leadership on the team with Maxi Arruti uh, you know, it's going to be difficult for players to take a play off or to not track back on defense, on the counter, uh, to not push into the attack on, on the counter the other way, uh, whatever it may be. You, you're going to have a lot more accountability. Uh, and we've talked about that. It's been one of the major missing components uh, for the dynamo. We've had talent, there's been no doubt about that, but there's been no accountability for that talent and no accountability for the, the players around that talent. Uh, and, and, uh, you know, it, it, it requires playing together and not just playing, you know, the game, uh, when you play together, you have a much higher probability to win and it's harder for opponents to key on any one player. Uh, you know, Darwin Quintero, I think, you know, if he does get the chance to start, look, he, he's one of the most creative players on the pitch at any given time that he's on the pitch. But the flip side of that is it's easy as defenders to, the kind of key on that one player and as his teammates it's easy to just feed him the ball and say go create and I'll just kind of wait for you to pass me the ball when it you know and if it gets here I'll shoot it or if it gets here I'll, I'll do what I need to do uh, whereas I think when you have different players on the pitch and you're kind of having to just move and not get comfortable um, I think a lot of Dynamo players in the attack previously would just get comfortable uh, you know get complacent with their position um, so You know, I like that Dynamo Insider, just like Tab Ramos said in an interview, we want to work hard instead of just spending for the championship. Look, they don't want to buy the championship that comes from ownership, Um, and that's going to rub fans the wrong way because everybody else buys the championship in a way, Uh, but we want to be that team that works hard and earns the championship, Uh, and and I have no problem with that. As long as you have the players, uh, the right players, the right level of talent to compete for that, you know, then then by all means, that can be a great philosophy. Uh, do we have the right players right now? I think we're probably one piece away, maybe two pieces away. Uh, but those are pieces that could be brought in in the summer easily enough. Uh, we just have to wait and see. Yeah, man, I for sure. You know, and it's crazy
1: to think that, you know, like you mentioned, if Darwin plays or starts, you know, that, I think that just goes to show the, the the amount of quality of players that they brought in because you're talking about the best player who we had last season, basically you know, overall. And, you know, to be, you know, for whatever reason, his fitness level right now isn't isn't where it's supposed to be. You know, so he might not be starting, you know, you know, game one. Um that's just goes to show, you know, how eager and how determined other players came in, you know, that they had this opportunity to come play for the dynamo and they want to make sure that they show out and they and they show and they show why they were brought into the to the club to to help change the culture the dynamo and you know following the footsteps of the dash and hopefully turn this thing around and, and become a winning club again you know so i mean it's going to be interesting to see obviously you know new season new goals new uh new, new passion you know um sean I'm, I'm gonna throw this question to you man and i think i can throw out this question every time the new season starts but i mean and you know i think you know my stance on it but i mean i think what 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 would, what would be a minimal uh minimal like um goal for the dynamo to achieve this season. I think for me it's obviously the playoffs. You know, it's something that we've just been it's just been alluded to us. But I mean, is it is it qualifying for the open cup? Is it winning the open cup? Okay, qualification for playoffs, you know, I mean, uh just having a winning record. Um, you know, what what would be the minimal objective to be checked off for you to say the Dynamo had a had a good season?
0: Playoffs. It's pretty and simple I, for I, me I, in that on that front.
1: Yeah, and, and I think it's I think it's for the majority of fans out here because you know it's, you know, and and you know, obviously, like I've I've been in playoff atmospheres for the Dynamo. You know, obviously, the last one being in 2017, and seeing how much ruckus the stadium had, how loud the stadium was, you know, for that for that match against the Sounders and 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 things of that nature, and how crazy people are, and especially for. For casual fans who just are there for a good time, you know it's and it's great for the for the, not only for the club but for the city. And I think the, you know the more games that you get like that, the more the more uh, do or die games that you get into the city from the Dynamo. I think the more you're gonna bring in the casual fan, the more you're gonna bring in that that fan who only lived League MX or that fan who only lived European soccer. You know. And they they'll have they'll have a an enamor to want to support their local soccer team, you know. Because like I said, Houston is a hotbed of soccer supporters. It's just that we need to get the Dynamo involved in that. And the only way you can get them involved, those those other people, you know, is just by having a winning culture and having them and giving them a reason to show to have to have to show up to the stadium.
0: I completely agree. Uh, you know, so speaking about, uh, and it's kind of scrolling a little bit in chat, you know, talking about, uh, you you know, Jake says, uh, you know, we're going to market may take a few seasons, but I have faith in tab, uh, and the team to grow and get us back on track. Uh, you know, Kenny says to me, hard work is a given related to, uh, you know, working hard, uh, hard work is a given. So I think he might have uh tab might've been trying to speak to certain players through that quote, uh, uh kenny corrects himself saying it's a given among championship teams i think that's fair uh but uh uh, parts unknown says working hard and earning trophies is so much better than buying trophies uh i I mean you know i agree (laughs) and then uh t sig uh says can we meet in the middle uh i love that i think that's funny uh i think that's that's everybody's dream but one of the reasons we can't really meet in the middle right now is ownership and and the struggle for them to to find the the, the pocket space to be able to afford some of these bigger name players. Uh, I wanted to talk about ownership and I think 15 minutes is well, 10 minutes probably, 12, 13 somewhere in there. Probably perfect time for this. But um, look, it, it's been confirmed multiple times now by multiple sources that uh, Gabriel Brenner has a significantly strong interest to sell his stake in the Dynamo ownership uh, or in Houston Dynamo FC ownership uh, and I think that's important because you know in the off season at the end of last season I said I really felt like he was getting ready to sell I had heard it from sources uh, okay uh sorry um, looking at nightbot be stupid that's funny uh you know he's
1: our third, third host, man.
0: Yeah, fourth host. We're talking about third host. Nestor's our second our third oh, yeah, host. That's right. Right? He's forgetting about you already, Nestor. At least I got oh, love for yeah, you, nah, brother.
1: Man, that's, nah. that's the dog I love for him, man. Shout oh,
0: out to Oh man. <laughs> 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 we'll start something in chat if I'm not careful. Uh but you know what I what I'm trying to get at here is You know, it's been rumored now uh, for well over a year. Um, There's been strong indications, uh, you know, that he's trying. Uh, And if he does, then that opens the door for for some changes and for some of the things that fans have asked for. Um, Yeah, I'm starting to not like this one either. I thought he was going to be better than this, but to be fair, we've had him in chat since we started. Um, But, uh, you know, I'm... If we get new ownership, uh, and it happens in the summer... Uh, which I suspect probably won't happen because if it was going to, we probably would have heard something by now. Uh, but let's say we get new ownership uh, in the summer, even in the even in you know at the end of the season, um, and, and Brenner is gone. Uh, let's say new ownership comes in and they do actually spend some money. Uh, maybe a player like a, you know, maybe a player like a. Uh, trying to think of one you know i'm just gonna throw it out there i know there's absolutely no chance but you know a player like Lionel messi maybe they have <laughs> deep pockets uh and they they drop on a huge superstar player uh is it a is it is it a situation in your opinion and marcus is as much to you as it is anybody else if they go and spend on a on a on a leno messi have they succeeded if he comes in here and nothing changes if, if they don't make playoffs, they go buy a Lionel Messi and, you know, they they get a, a superstar season out of Messi, but they still don't make the playoffs. Or if they make playoffs, they're out in the first round. You know, is that successful?
1: Well, I mean, you know, successful as far as finances. Yeah, because, I mean, obviously you're going to sell shirts, you're going to fill the stadiums, uh, you're going to get a lot of sponsorship, you're going to get a lot of endorsement deals as far as that because of the of the weight of the messy name that that the the messy brand right uh so from that standpoint it'll be a successful um venture for the dynamo but obviously as supporters and fans what we care about is on the pitch so if if on the if on the pitch it's not working out and it's there's no there's no uh there's no playoffs or there's no there's no we're not a championship caliber team and you know then obviously messy's not the problem we need to figure out we need to find him players to surround him with because not a team isn't, isn't, isn't dominated by one player, any team, any team in sports, you know, you, you need more players. You know, you can think, think of the best basketball player, LeBron James, LeBron James championships that come with numerous of all-star superstar caliber players playing alongside of him. You know, he's never won a championship by himself with just a bunch of role players. Uh, so if you, if, and, and, and that, and that's because he has a higher percentage of, of the possession and and basketball. So, what would make you think that a, a player of a caliber of a Messi can have that kind of effect to a team where him solely and transform the Dynamo into a championship caliber team? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't end with just one player. Obviously, that would be a fantastic start. You know, signing a player of that caliber, but you also need to surround the player, ex-player, whether it's Messi or whatever whoever else it is that you bring in. You need to surround that player. The, the the investment doesn't start and end with finding a, a marquee player. It starts with that player. Then you have to do B, C, D, E, F, G. And, you know, and then but, once you've done all that.
0: But we just got talking go about, done talking uh, about, about 30, 45 minutes ago now, I guess, 30 minutes ago, yeah. talking about how the Dash managed to do that To surround their big players, uh, Gene Campbell, Rachel Daly, with components and pieces that were not stars for their teams. I don't think you have to surround your superstar with stars, but I do think you need to surround that game changer with players that are buying into what that game changer can do and players that are buying into what coach wants and buying into what the club are doing. I think there's been a tendency from the Dynamo side to just bring in players Regardless of how they feel about the organization, uh, go ahead, and, and, and I'll
1: piggyback off of that statement you just made. Bringing in players brings excitement, right? Because it's 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 a new player; it's something new. It's, it's it's like getting a new car. You or you want to test drive it? You want to see how it goes? You want to see what this what this new player can do that's different from the old player he's replacing? Because you know, obviously, it didn't work out with the old player. Um, so obviously, the brand newest, the brand newness of having new players on the squad is always going to bring excitement, <clears throat> which which it, it it has. I mean, let's, it's not, let's not kid ourselves. So, you know, you're talking about Pasher, Moxie, what he's doing in the preseason, Fafa with his speed, you know, things of that nature. Joe Corona being, you know, the way we got him away, we snatched him up away from Austin FC. It brings hype, it brings excitement. It's new players, but it's not just about just bringing in new players. You know, think about it from from, uh, from the from the standpoint of the dash. What if the dash brought about all those players and they still ended up with the losing with 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 losing games and, and and not winning the challenge cup and still being the at the bottom of NWSL? You know, we it, it would be the same thing, same, the same thing that's going on with the Dynamo. You have to have uh, a a strong leader, which the dash have in, in Clarkson, has a plan in place. And knows who he needs to put in place to achieve the objectives of his plan. And I think we have a strong leader in Tab Ramos as a head coach, right? But you know, now it's now it's getting the players in place to execute that plan that he has in place. You know, um, I'm going to take for example the, the 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 La Copita final that we had here the la- uh, the last couple of days. My understanding from what I read was that Corona was a last minute uh, inclusion into the starting eleven because. I don't understand what you're trying to do when you have two sixes and Derrick Jones and <clears throat> Matisse Vera on the pitch. And then you have Corona, who at best is at best his best position is an eight, you know. Uh, he and to be honest, he, he's probably a third, a third six in and the way they were they were playing. Uh, I, I didn't understand the midfield selection, but you know, but I read reports somewhere that he was just a, a late last-minute scratch because of uh Darwin's fitness or whatever. I think Darwin was supposed to start in that place of, of Corona. So. uh But, you know, regardless, it's one of those things where you got to have the players necessary to affect whatever you're trying to execute or whatever plan you have as a head coach. And I'm hoping with the players that, you know, I think that Tab has had a, a very vocal opinion of what players he wants in this season, this offseason. And you know, and if he has, and you, and I think you agree with him with, with me, Sean, because I see you nodding your head. Um that if he can't do it with the players that he brought in, then you start wondering, hey, okay, maybe we don't have the right guy. But until then, you know, let's see now you know he has his players. It's a start. You know, I'm not I'm not I'm not gonna expect him to go from zero to sixty. No, but there needs to be an improvement, right, Sean? Because like you know last season there was the hype of him coming in right because of the whole black cloud that wilmer left at the end of his tenure you know we saw a little bit, we saw a little bit of improvement mls's back tournament was a complete disaster um but but you know we saw that little glimpse of what it could be and we were, we all got excited so now that he has players who can hopefully on a more consistent basis do what that little glimpse of hope showed us from last season you know that that in itself should show a a, a a a I think a nice improvement from last season, a nice jump from last season to where we're challenging for maybe that play in playoff spot, seventh to eighth place. You know, maybe sixth. I I don't think I'm asking for too much as a supporter.
0: I, I don't either. I. You know, it's being talked about in, in chat. I've seen it a few different times in a few different ways related to uh, Darwin Quintero coming in uh, basically unfit, uh, not match fit, not even close to match fit, can't even go a full 45 minutes without sucking for air. Um, look, that that is concerning to me because that's a player that, you know, at his age, uh, you have to wonder if he feels like he really wants to even be doing this anymore. Um, you know, he's wasted away <laughs> on Minnesota United, For the last few seasons and then uh, finally gets a trade to the Dynamo and, you know, the players that he was brought in to play with Morrow, Elise were sold off uh, and he, you know, brought in to play with him were some other players, but at the same time, they weren't brought in specifically to play with him. They were brought in to play tab style. And I don't know if Darwin is is the right player for Tab's style and in Tab's desired high pressure system. I just don't think that lends itself to a thirty three year old, you know, uh, attacking player. I just don't, you know, not in in that position. Um, so I don't I don't know about Darwin Quintero. I, I know there's plenty of people that that hope that he has a really great, you know, great season. But I, I at this point I have very low expectations for Darwin Quintero's contributions. Um, And and I don't think that's a bad thing. Look, you're going to have players that year year over year, they just aren't going to be the same player they were the year before or something changes. Um, You need to have some asset to trade away. Maybe there's a trade opportunity. We're not going to get much back in return. I can almost guarantee that because of his age. But anything, you know, is better than nothing. And I suspect we're sitting on a nothing proposition. Go ahead, Mark.
1: You know, I'm like I said, I mean, I'm I'm hoping that he does have a great season because we need him to have a great season, right? Because he's he's a, whether we like it or not, he's he's a he's a focal point to our to what I think Tab is trying to achieve. Um uh, but on the same but in the same sense, if he doesn't for whatever reason, because you know, maybe he's just not up for it anymore because you know his age or whatever, whatever the reason, right? You know, that needs to be that's where we need to have the depth that we need that's required to to fade away, to, to fade away at Darwin Cantero, You know, that's where whoever the player is behind him, whoever Tab has anointed after uh, Darwin needs to step up his game and take the bull by the horns and claim that starting 11 position from Darwin. You no. Know? And the thing is like, that's, that's, that's where our, our depth is always in question because you know, we had this issue when Albert Elise was out doing international duties, you know, or injuries or or whatever. We didn't have anybody to fill his shoes. We saw how how drastically the, the the team fell, fell off without Albert Elise. We can't have that again. We can't have so much reliance on a single player, you know, and and because of the way Darwin played last season, you know, he's he, he's our focal point. I mean, like I said. You know, he was our top scorer and he was top five in all MLS and assist with 11. So he did, he, he, him as a individual stats and all that stuff, he did really well in our first season as a dynamo, but obviously team wise, we didn't achieve anything anywhere near to the goals that we needed to achieve, which is the next step that needs to be taken. You know, it's great to have indiv- individual accolades and do individual success, but, but what's all the individual success if your team is sucking, you know? uh and like I said, I'm, I'm hoping that he is motivated. Obviously, you know, with him not being in shape right now, it's not a good thing. But but like I said, this is I try to look at it from a uh, a bright side. Like this gives an opportunity to somebody else to play and to show what they have and to make it tougher for Darwin to get back on that starting 11. You got to make it uh, tough for that guy.
0: I like what Kenny says, you know, tab could be in a bit of a lose, lose situation with Cantero bench him and people jump on tab for not playing the only DP play him. And he doesn't look good and he is winded. And they say that tab is choosing his lineup at the will of the FO, shoehorning the highest paid player into the lineup out of, you know, out of necessity uh, by being pushed by the front office.
1: And again, this is going to show where, how much, you know, um, much rain tab does actually have. I mean, cause you know, look, Tab knows what it is to be a player. Tab Tab has been a player where he's been motivated, a, a young up and coming player. He's been an old player where he's like, you know what, this is I'm on my last leg. I can't really do this anymore. You know? So he he understands whatever position Darwin is in. And now it's up to him to whether he can motivate that guy to, to, to get back on the horse and get back to the team and, and, and provide what he can provide or or it's 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 up to him to have that that one-on-one conversation with him and and be and be honest be like hey look man look i know you're here you're making your money whatever but are you here with us or are you just here for a check you know and and if they can have that one-on-one that honest one-on-one as a, a coach and a, and a star player can have and should have and should be having frequently in my opinion um then this then the the choice regardless if he benches him or he starts him shouldn't factor in into anything you know uh he would know um, his conversations and and how he's is how he's portraying himself whether or not darwin is ready to play or he isn't you
0: know? yeah so, but i would i would argue that just because he has those conversations doesn't mean that that eases the pressure from fans uh no no way. i don't think I don't, either it's, way.
1: it's not gonna ease the pressure from fans but but i would think that you know obviously having um I don't think it would be benefits to the fans to see, or, to see a 50% Darwin Quintero on the field and then him get injured because he's not in, you know, in shape and then he's out three, four months.
0: Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree um, with pretty much all of that. Really? I do. Uh, so real quick, let's uh, we're going to kind of wrap up, but before we wrap up, there's a tradition. Uh, it is time for predictions because The season starts, man. Uh, Friday, Saturday, Friday, 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 Uh, against San Jose here in Houston. Hey, uh, Uh, go ahead.
1: Before we start, um, before we start with the prediction for this for this opening Uh match uh, Uh next week, we need to have the first. I think the first ten games lined up like we did last season, and you know, go buy them. You know, win loss or whatever. See, you know how how we ended up. I I forgot who who had a. The most points in last season, you know. I'm not gonna well,
0: mention last season, we kind of threw those out after about week two yeah, cause of the COVID, but because of COVID, and then MLS yeah. is back. I mean, just everything was thrown asunder. Uh, but we will do that. I, I actually was thinking about that earlier while I was sitting down, uh, working uh, on my taxes. Uh, that we need to have a, another spreadsheet uh, set up for everybody to yeah. put their predictions in. So, uh so parts unknown says just a reminder if anyone can't make it to bbva y'all can watch it on either espn plus or local channel quest 55 i will be watching on quest 55 i will be in section
1: 116
0: if you are not going to the match but you want to uh chat with some people uh i know a few people that aren't going that are going to be uh hopping into the surges uh discord uh into their voice chat uh, if you are not a member of the Surge and you want to sign up so you can be part of that basic uh, home and away game, uh, home and away match chat, voice chat, uh, hit up wearethesurge.com dot uh, com and sign up to uh, become a Surge member. Uh, it's not that expensive, twenty five bucks I think for the base one. Uh, actually, probably cheaper than that. I don't know. I need to I haven't looked in a while. Uh, if Sergio was here, he could tell us. Hey, thanks, Sergio for bailing really jerk. Uh, it's twenty five. Yeah. Uh, but uh, sign up for a surge membership, hop into that chat on uh, Friday night. I will be there with you guys, uh, and if you're not there Friday night, I'm going to hope that you're at the stadium uh, cheering on. I'll be watching on TV uh, on Quest
1: 55. Yeah, uh, and, and, and just to add a little something to that, um, those n- non-surge members or whatever you know, will be at pitch 25 prior to the game, so come have a beer with us know uh, come chit chat you know what well, we love to get to know you and we might even persuade you to sign up on, on spot so you know
0: also speaking of pitch 25 if you are a season ticket holder make sure you hit up orange rewards because there is a two free beers from pitch 25 for the pre-match uh, out there at the beer garden uh, from pitch 25 and hey if you're going to be getting two free beers at pitch 25 why not stop and say hi to the surge guys why not stop and say hi to ta they're going to be there out there too Uh, Look, it's becoming the home, baby. It's becoming the home for Dynamo supporters. I think it's pretty awesome. Uh, Nestor says it's 1,000 points, by the way. Yeah, if you don't have 1,000 points, talk to me. We'll get you 1,000 points some way, somehow. Uh, (laughs) Dynamo Insider says I'll be with the rest of the media press. Trust me, both Mark and I know how that is. Enjoy your food. Uh, Parts Unknown says I'm thinking of watching most games this season on Quest because sometimes ESPN Plus will have the other team's broadcasters for their feed instead of Glenn and Eddie calling the game. Uh, that is true. Uh, all national games will have Glenn and Eddie on the radio uh, this year, which will be nice. Yeah, by the way. Yes, sir. Uh, so you can tune in there. And hey, it never hurts to tune into the Spanish language broadcast as well. Uh, I have done that a couple of times because I get sick of those other teams' announcers and broadcasters when I don't watch on Quest or can't get the uh, can't get the feed to come in well enough on the digital antenna for some reason. Plus, uh, the, so- the
1: Spanish broadcaster.
0: Uh, yeah, although he doesn't always get the names of the Dynamo players right, which makes yeah. me laugh because I'm like, dude, you've <laughs> got the media guide in front of you. I know for a fact, uh, but they're all great guys, all great people, uh, and uh, you know, enjoy it either way. But like I said, I'll be in voice chat Saturday, uh, Friday night. Uh, if I'm there Saturday, it's a whole bad issue going on, uh, but I'll be there Friday night with you guys. Anybody who wants to join in there, uh, and maybe we can have a you know an appearance by a, a, a Sergio or a Jeff uh, or a Mark via. Telefono. Uh,
1: Sideline reporter Jeff.
0: Yeah, sideline reporter El Jefe. El El Profe El Jefe. Uh, But uh, guys, prediction time. I gave Mark a little bit of time to think through it. Uh, Nestor, you're part of this, by the way. I expect you to drop a prediction. Uh, I saw a 2-0 earlier from, uh, I think that was Dynamo. No, that was Jake. 2-0 Dynamo. Uh I'm gonna toss it to you first, Mark. What is your prediction for the dynamo match?
1: You know what? I think that the dynamo are gonna come in with uh with a lot of a lot of enthusiasm, a lot of spirit, because obviously what they showed out against FC Dallas was complete crap, let's be honest. So I think to get that little bad taste off the mouth, even though we know it's preseason or whatever, but I think the dynamo wanna go with uh with a complete focus on making sure that they show the whole the sold out EVVA stadium that they came out here and they got, they were treated to a really well soccer match. Um, I'm going to go three, one dynamo. Uh, I think the dynamo are going to score, you know, pretty quickly. I think they're going to score within the first 15 minutes and I think they'll have to before halftime and they'll have one and, uh, their third goal at the end of the game. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to go three, one, uh, dynamo. Um, do I name the
0: scores, or, or, or we're doing, or we're just doing well, straight just, predictions? Dude, just base predictions at first. Okay, Man, TC got here with the 4-2 Dynamo. Uh, look, this is a different defensive team. Uh, I think Parts Unknown has it right here with Dynamo 1-0, 1-0 over the Quakes. However, I do not think the Dynamo only score one goal. I think this is a route. 3-0 Dynamo. Oh, uh, clean sheet. Clean sheet. Clean sheet. Look, in it in and tim parker is the savior yet again with another goal line clearance i think i just feel it in my bones the guy is incredible the goal line clearance he had i mean come on how does he clear that chin up on the crossbar anybody i mean that was sick watching that happen
1: i'm i'm all for the clean sheets because we need to get off our my boy merrick's back man he you know he's he's gonna show out he's gonna show out this year he's gonna be a really good good goalkeeper
0: uh so uh Uh, Kenny says apparently San Jose didn't play any MLS competition in preseason, so that may be something to consider. I said 3-0, man. I'm going with it. Uh, So uh, with that, that's my prediction. I saw Nestor dropped his 2-1. I saw 3-1. I saw 2-1. I saw 4-2. I saw 1-0. I mean, all across the board. uh, But I will have everyone know, not a single draw or a single loss. That uh, only uh, foretells good things, right? That's how that works. Uh yeah, with that being be, said, we're going to be
1: optimistic this season.
0: <laughs> we are going to be damn optimistic this season. Uh but with that being said, now I got to ask the question. We always do this. This is part of the tradition. It's time for the bold prediction. Oh,
1: the bold prediction. Um one of the defenders scores the goal.
0: Okay, all right. So, uh, I saw George actually pop a bold prediction saying Junko scores one. I could see that being a defender scoring one. Uh, look, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go out on the, uh, on the limb here and say that, uh, uh, that, uh, oh man, do I want to go with that or do I want to go with that? There's two options here. Oh, with uh, <sighs> uh, I mean That's the clean the sheet ball. in of, in and of itself after last season, that clean sheet feels like a bold prediction just to begin with. <laughs> uh, cause San Jose has got a pretty good attack. Uh, but, uh. I feel like, uh, man, I feel like Joe Corona is going to get his first goal of the season, um, and it is going to be a Darwin-Soren type goal, like that one that was part of a, just knocked it out to the top of the box and Soren just got a hold of it. It's going to be that type of thing. Like It's just going to be a ridiculously amazing goal uh, for Corona. And then my sub-bold prediction is going to be that someone on, oh, go ahead.
1: I don't know how much of a bold prediction corona scoring a goal is that's not really a bold prediction i mean you kind of, hey, you're man. kind of expecting him to score a couple did
0: you seasons. watch the same preseason match that i watched
1: well, i mean yeah but i mean you know if, if he's gonna take you know if, if we're taking him if we're <sighs> thinking that he's gonna replace saran you know saran scored oh, a couple goals brother. for us last season you know so i'm I'm expecting corona to at least give us the same output at least all
0: right all right all right i mean okay fine fine fine
1: Right, He's a filler, midfielder, right, man. Right. Midfielder's need to score goals. Oh,
0: dude, you're killing me, Smalls. You're killing me. All right. So, bold predictions. <laughs> man, you are killing me. <laughs> uh, see, look, George is saying that's bold. Thank you, George. See, George oh, got the respect going on. That's bold. bold would When was the me last time, be... time Corona scored a goal, for God's sakes? You know I mean, it's tell been me a me, while.
1: I mean, but Matias Vera is going to do a brace or something like that. That's bold.
0: Yeah, but that's not going to happen. <laughs> I mean, you know, well, I, I got to be bold fact. with some realism to it. That's
1: fact for the boldness, because because if Matias Vera does do a brace, I'd be super happy. I'd be. Super I don't happy. feel like
0: that. It, I don't feel like a defender scoring a goal is all that bold either. Really, uh, you know, who scored I mean, last? Boniac or Corona? Boniac scored last, if I remember correctly. But that might be
1: wrong. Let's 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 be honest. We haven't been as set as far as set pieces. We suck. Well, you know, last season. You know, and that's where usually the the defenders go in and score their headers or whatever. Uh, we haven't been good on the corner kicks, so I mean, another uh, no, no set piece. So I mean, I think it is a pretty bold prediction because I mean, you know, I'm oh, how many? I think minor figure figured oh, might have had one goal. That's about it out of all the he did, but it scored. wasn't a set piece. It wasn't a set piece. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, you know, it
0: I, is pretty bold. Uh, I, I all right. I, I got a bold prediction. I don't know how true this is going to be, but I'm going to go with it anyways uh we're going to see oh man we're going to see tab thrown out before the end of this match
1: oh wow oh that that see if that happens that means the dynamo are losing by <laughs> no. no
0: no 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 no, and, no. And
1: he's pissed off
0: <laughs> no he's pissed off because again remember i said dynamo three nil on san jose Uh, Dynamo go up 3-0 within the first half San Jose starts getting chippy And starts making bad tackles They go in, one of our players Doesn't get injured, but it's a terrible tackle And Tab just loses his shit over it
1: so tab gets thrown out. That's the bold prediction.
0: There it is. There it is. There you go. Contending for Supporters' shield is variable. <laughs> I mean, that's you're not wrong. You were definitely not wrong. No, Speaking I, of Supporters' shield, before we close up the the show tonight, uh, and Nestor, I'm still waiting for your bold prediction. Speaking of Supporters' shield, real quick, uh, the supporters groups uh, across the across MLS, uh, the Texas supporters groups across MLS, USL, and NWSL. Have come together and they've created the Copa Tejas. Copa Tejas. Uh, now for everybody, it's like the shared Copa Tejas or Copas Tejas. Uh, and what it is is basically the team that has the best points per mat or points per game at the end of the year after all of those league seasons have completed walks away with Copa Tejas. Uh, and and it's a supporters awarded uh, trophy specifically, which I think is incredible. But the fact that they're including NWSL this year is a huge deal. Uh, So definitely know that no matter what, there's still something to vie for. There's still stake in something. Uh, And honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if the Dash were the ones to walk away with that trophy this year. Uh, With that said, I don't know if we have anything else, guys. We've exhausted our discussion points tonight uh thank you as always for tuning in i know mark i'm sure you appreciate everybody tuning in
1: yeah for sure guys i appreciate everybody tuning in you know obviously like i said if you're here we're here you know we keep it going um just i know everybody's excited i'm excited I man i can't wait to get out there friday and see uh sea of orange and all that good stuff you know i still remember last season's home opener you know obviously it won't be to that magnitude but it's still exciting for a new season open open up and no, but new season comes new hope and it's hope that this season is a lot more positive than last.
0: So. Also, I wanna I wanna close with a quick statement about something that's been burning in my heart. Fuck Austin. Okay, we can go ahead and close the show now. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the audio only podcast edition of our show. We air live over on Twitch via our Twitch channel every Wednesday, life and work permitting starting at 7 PM central. If you like what you've heard here so far, follow our Twitch channel at twitch.tv backslash Jen orange. And while you're over there, why not do us a huge favor and go ahead and drop a sub. If you do catch us during the live show, let us know in the Twitch chat. We love you guys and look forward to chatting with you guys next Wednesday. Now back to the show. guys that is it for this week's audio only podcast episode which has been uploaded to anchor.fm special thanks to our producer and streamer boy nestor luna for helping take care of the technical details each week for our show we look forward to talking with you again real soon hold it down houston